0: and welcome to the DIY photo organizing podcast focusing on topics to help you with your photo management. I'm Fiona from Photo Helper. And I'm
1: Chantal from Photos in Order. Hello there. Hi. Um, today we would like to talk about a topic that we've not really touched on so often and that is genealogy. Mm-hmm. And we want to talk about What is it in the first place? And how are photos, of course, a part of it, and what could be challenges and what could be solutions, even more importantly. So neither of us really is an expert in that. So we have asked one to join us today. (laughs) (laughs) Please welcome Caroline Gunther from the Swedish Organizer. Welcome
2: Caroline, welcome thank you so much i'm glad to be here wonderful
1: we're really happy that you could um join us today Caroline Mm -hmm. is in chicago so um welcome to our little australian podcast (laughs) thank you (laughs) so obviously you know given your business name the swedish organizer you must be swedish
2: (laughs) i am i am i was born and raised there and i have a dual citizenship i just came to uh the US for college, and uh, it was meant to be a one year study abroad thing. And here I am 20 years later. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there <laughs> wow. So That's awesome.
0: fantastic. So let's jump in, Caroline. Could you start us off? That's a tiny little snippet. Could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and just maybe how you started into this beautiful world of photo organizing?
2: Absolutely. Wonderful. Um, it was an evolution, and I think uh, most people in this industry will probably tell you that, right? Mm. Um, so I've always been interested in photography and family history and and stories. Um, I've always been very creative ever since I was a little girl, and... Um, during college and grad school, I did a lot of photography. I actually worked briefly as a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, I decided to take a break and raise a family. And so when I was ready to go back to work, I kept looking for jobs that would sort of fit my interest and my skills. And mm-hmm. I, I wasn't really finding anything that was a perfect match. I bounced around for quite a lot between you know, a virtual assistance and web design and photography. And it was always great, but not perfect. And I really wanted to find, um I don't like a better use for my talents, because I, I knew that there was something there. <laughs> mm. uh, but of course, photo organ- organizing wasn't really a thing yet. Digital photos were sort of just starting to happen. You know, the, the revolution was just sort of in its infancy at that time, and so I finally settled on just organizing, and uh, I started my own company, being the Swedish organizer, uh, and I was doing uh, all types of organizing at that time. So closets, kitchens, digital work, productivity—more like a generalist type of approach.
0: Hmm.
2: And at that time, of course, I was keeping—I was—I was, I was keeping in uh, with my hobbies, right? Photography, family history, and just for myself. And then one piece. At a time, it sort of fell into place that, hey, maybe I should be organizing photos. And, and uh, you know, this uh, uh, family history that I love and, and all mm-hmm. of those things. There must be a market out there. And sure enough, that's sort of around the time that Apple was born as well. And so I, I joined Apple, and uh, the rest is history. It just was the perfect fit for me.
1: Wow. Awesome. So you're yeah. one of the really, really adapters. Yeah.
2: Um, must well, be I didn't join right men. away, oh, okay. uh, but it was, yeah, it was pretty early on. It mm. was pretty early on, yeah.
1: Wow, cool. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, you've got a big interest in family history. So mm-hmm. we know that <laughs> you're very invested in that and, and interested, and not just personally, but also professionally. So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about that and maybe how it started Um and definitely. how it became a passion of yours.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, that was a passion that started really early as well. Mm. Um, actually, what happened was, I remember the specific day, actually, which oh, wow. is unusual. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was a, actually a teenager in high school. And this was back in Sweden. And my teacher one day walked in and said this semester, we're going to do something fun, which I'm doing for myself, but I think you'll really benefit from it as well as young adults, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do a family history project because to know where you're going in the future, you need to know where you've been. And I remember him saying that very clearly. We're going to research this and then we're all going to present to each other what we found, and you know, in front of the mm-hmm. class. And uh, I was just so excited because mm-hmm. I'd always been very curious about that naturally. Um, I'm an only child. I never really got to know my grandparents. They passed when I was young. And so it was really just my mom, my dad, and me, you know, the three musketeers. (laughs) And so I always kind of wondered what it would be like to have a large family. I always wondered about my family history. And so I was really excited about this project. And uh, I went home and I asked my mom, you know, what do we know? And I think the answer she gave me is probably very common for a lot of families. She kind of just shrugged and said, well, we didn't really talk about it. (laughs) You <laughs> know, you know, we know a little bit, but you know, it's not something, you know, that we discussed at length, you know? So, um, she, she knew maybe a couple of names here and there, but, but it wasn't, um, you know, she didn't pull out a long tree or anything like that. Not, not at all. Mm. But she said, uh, but I have this one thing and I think you'll find it really fascinating. And she went over to the bookcase and she pulled out a ticket stub mm-hmm. and it was a ticket for a boat ride, like a steamboat ride to America, and I remember looking at it and I was like, Wow, this looks really old. And she said, Yeah, she said, Your great grandparents emigrated to Minnesota in the 1890s. Wow, and I, <laughs> wow. I was just look, I just looked at her and I said, This can't be true. Like, how what do you mean they emigrated because grandpa was born here in Sweden, and how does that make any sense? And she mm-hmm. said, Yeah. Um, I know that they sort of went over with that flood of immigrants that, you know, emigrated from Sweden Mm -hmm. around that time. And they stayed there for about 10 years. And then they moved back because they they just didn't feel at home there. And so they actually moved back from Sweden or to Mm. Sweden, excuse me. And they moved back right before my grandfather was born. So his older sister was actually born in Duluth. Mm. And I just was extremely fascinated by the story because... I'd never heard it before, and nobody had ever mentioned that, and I just thought, well, that's a really great story. Why didn't anybody talk about this? Yeah. And so that's when I started researching, and I found their immigration record, you know, their passenger list um, coming into Ellis Island in New York, wow. and I just, I was hooked. I just kept researching, wow. and it was just one yeah. incredible story after the other, and there was no turning back. I was, I was full on hooked completely. That that would have
0: been a good class presentation.
2: It was, I did
0: get an A on that one. It was excellent. Yes. Yeah. That's so good. So Mm Carolyn, can I ask, I know that there's a lot of, um, look, genealogy is a fascinating um, area and, and I'm sure there's so many different facets to it. Um, And a a lot of people listening to the podcast have come in around photos. And so obviously there's a lot of other areas regarding the genealogy. But can I just ask you specifically um, Mm -hmm. with the role in photographs in genealogy, there's a number of different areas that, that I'm really fascinated to find out from you. But can you just sort of explore when when you're starting into genealogy? So, if someone's maybe thinking about doing some research or they maybe have an old photo or something like that, and and they've got this interest as as you do and you have, um, what role does the photos play in in a genealogy project? And how, you know, you've talked about that from a, say, the ticket stub of a a boat, um, boating ticket. Um, when did you sort of start to then discover the, the rest of the genealogy sort of side of things from a photo's point of view and how does that, that play a role? Right. So,
2: I mean, I think photos are an excellent starting point for genealogy, right? Mm. Um, a picture is worth a thousand words, right? <laughs> mm, yep. So I think if you have those old photos, those are an excellent way to start Um, exploring, you know, the story behind that photo and what's happening, you know, in that photo, who is the person, what is her story. Um, I just think it, it's, it's sort of a natural gateway to get into this. Um, Because again, a lot of people have these old photos where they might not necessarily know who the person is. And uh, I think that's, that's always worth finding out. And so, I'm always about telling the story behind the photo, and I feel like doing that in, a, in the best way possible is by combining everything. So uh, writing down the story with the context, uh, descriptions, documents, photos, sort of as much as you can to make a complete story out of everything. Mm-hmm. I think um, putting all the pieces together really completes the whole thing, and photos is obviously a huge part of it
0: yes, exactly. and and I think that's a that's a tangible um sort of a, an insight into into this past that they're exploring. and um, yeah. it's true. there's so many questions though I think you know one photo raises so many questions. Where would you what what sort of tip would you give someone if they're just starting out in this area? Um, and just sort of as far as, where to go, where to start. <laughs> yeah, what things to yeah. consider and, and, and something like that. There's a uh, there's a
2: lot you can do, right? And I think what keeps it from being overwhelming is that you start small and keep keeping your focus on one thing. Um, I think with genealogy especially, it can snowball really quickly because you know there's two stories with our parents, then there's four and there's eight, and it keeps (laughs) snowballing, right? And so I think it's really important to keep it very simple. And I always like to tell people to start with what you know, usually that's yourself. And you can write down your own story. That's a really great way to get started. Um, And then you can start with a photo that you have that you might like to research more about or you can start with a person that you might like to know more about and just keep asking one question after another and um something that i really recommend is just starting to write and just Mm -hmm. just opening a document and just writing down what you know and i think a lot of things sort of reveal themselves at that point Mm -hmm. because let's say i write something like uh here's a photo of My grandmother, her name was so-and-so. She was born in. And then maybe you stop because you don't know where she was born. Mm. There's your first research question, right? Mm. Right. And so then you go and you find that answer. And then you go on to the next sentence. And eventually, you'll have a really good complete story about that one person. And so I think just keeping it simple and not getting overwhelmed with what program you need to use or... You know, whether it's going to be paper research or digital research or stuff like that, it, it doesn't really matter as much mm-hmm. as just sort of getting to the point of everything, right? The yeah. story is what you want to tell. Yeah. So
1: from a purely practical perspective, what you just said, does that mean like you would have like um a simple word document uh, per mm-hmm. person or do you have even you know, even have them all in one document, whatever. Is that what you're saying, sort of thing?
2: Yeah, I think that's a great way yeah. to start. And if you okay. want to just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because what happens is I see a lot of, a lot of clients uh, come to me. Um, I coach this, obviously, about, you know, genealogy organizing as well. And a lot of people come to me because they just have too many photos and documents in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just basically doing a lot of data entry into a program. But Mm -hmm. then that that information never really actually becomes anything if that makes any sense right they're just entering a lot of dates Mm -hmm. and names and information but then that's sort of where it stops because it just becomes too much too overwhelming and so i think just writing everything down in one place if Mm -hmm. that's just a simple word document that's a great place to keep it Mm -hmm. Uh, and it keeps you focused Right?
1: Yes. Instead of jumping
2: between people and stories. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, talking about documenting and, and writing the stories and the information that we gather, and when you sort of marry that up with the photos, so, We have one photo and then we can have a whole story to it. How do you sort of marry the two? Because you might have a photo library or a photo catalog somewhere. Mm -hmm. How do you like index them or do you do that at all?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. Right. Um, And so for me, it usually depends on, you know, a couple of different things. One is the technology level of Mm -hmm. the the person I'm helping, that's a big one. Uh, And then there's there's different ways, depending of course on what programs people are using and all that. I can tell you what I do, which Mm -hmm. is, I have for my personal photo collection, I use Adobe Lightroom Mm -hmm. uh, and I have that set up as basically referenced catalog, right? Um, And then I also use Family Tree Maker and that program references the same uh, files. Right. Okay. so I keep one archive and then all of the programs that are connected to it sort of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they they look at the same files. And so I'm not doubling up anything. Mm. Um, I can look at them in the places I need them to be.
1: Is it possible to achieve that without using special software?
2: I think it is. Yeah, I think uh, we always in photo organizing talk about, you know, the digital photo hub. And keeping things consolidated as much as possible mm-hmm. and i think you can do that regardless of what program you use or even if you don't use a program at all mm. um i think it just depends on your tech level how far you want to take it and you know what you're trying to do but mm. even just keeping a, a simple structure on your computer and then maybe just the word document that's an, mm. another great way to to work with it I think just just making sure that you are focused and consolidated, I think, is huge.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah, I love that, Caroline. I think that's so freeing, actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because you know, being in this area of of um, organizing photos and 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 really looking at people's levels of um, ability or interest, desire to you know use technology or not, or um, and there are so many options out there and really you can get overwhelmed by um, you know just learning new software and things like that. Um, right. That's really a great idea. I, I like that um, people have the option because really the general the, the interest that you have is in the stories and the people and we can get um, caught up in you know those technical side of things to make yeah. that flow. Um, but at least I think that's freeing and I think that hopefully will help people that are listening to be able to say, Okay, well I could do that. I can open a Word document. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> like Absolutely. that's okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. And yeah. I think you can you have to remember the point, right? Which is telling the stories. And how you get there is really irrelevant if you think about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> as long as yeah. it gets told. So I think as long as you're comfortable with what you're doing and it works for you, that's that's okay with me
0: yeah so ju- just jumping to um to actually thinking about that when you say get having the stories um be told what sort of um what do you see or do you help to teach others um as far as the actual end result do they end up with a book or are they do they record this on a video type you know a, a speaking yeah yeah, how, how, how is that? Looking? It
2: can take, yeah, it can take any number of forms. And again, it depends on a few different things, as you know, like, you know, the timeline, the budget, all, all of that, the how much information we have. Um, oftentimes, when I research for others or when I help other people research for themselves, uh, we start by creating a research report, meaning collecting all the information in one place and having it basically written down, kind of like a script, if you were to mm-hmm. make a movie, right? Yeah. And then we take that, and then we can turn that into either, you know, something that's recorded, where whether that's audio, or we can turn it into a book. Um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of the time, this lends itself really well to books, right? Um, yeah. Because you have the photos and the documents that you can show, show yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so that's something that we do quite often, but you can make Pretty much anything you want. Um, I think there's something really beautiful about recording stories in audio, <laughs> like mm-hmm. what we're doing right now, because yeah, yeah. you can then hear them from the person who, you know, yeah. who can tell it right, uh, and even video. And you can there's there's yeah. any number of things you can, you're only limited by your creativity, you know. Mm. Yeah. yeah.
1: So how? I, I know that you can't probably put a number to that, but you know, these projects, they they can drag out for a, quite a long time.
2: Yes, they can. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and it feels,
1: I'm, I'm not, as I said, I'm not an expert in that, and I, it's not a service I do offer. I have sort of, you know, started a bit with my own family, and I can see, like, it feels it's never finished, because it grows, and there's another information. Oh, and there's suddenly another person popping up somewhere, uh, and then you go and do that, and I find it's a bit, it's easy to get a bit scattered um, and to have that feeling like this is not ever going to finish.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and I think what you're talking about is part of the worry, I guess, that people have when they come to me mm. because, because they, they, they worry about, well, how long is this going to take and how, yeah. you know, what is this going to cost? All of that stuff. But But I think when I tell them that we need to focus, that's when they realize that, okay, we can can do this. Because Mm -hmm. it's true that if you don't set sort of a limit on your project, then it's just gonna keep snowballing. It's gonna keep going forever. And that's why it's so important to be focused. And so if you just start by telling the story of one person or one photo, Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. something that's much more manageable than saying, like, oh, I'm going to tell the story of all my ancestors, right? Because yes, right. something will always come up come up <laughs> again, uh, and you, you won't be finished. Yeah. But, you know, you can say, oh, I'm going to tell the story of my great-grandmother and great-grandfather, and, and that could be one thing. Um, so So there's limits that you can set on it, you know? Mm. And you can also pick and choose. Like, if you've ever watched... You know the shows that are on tv the genealogy shows Mm -hmm. where they follow somebody's journey they're not they're not telling the story of every single person in that family tree they pick and choose some of the more interesting stories some of the more defining stories Mm -hmm. i guess you could call them Mm. um you know they're not they're not you know scrolling through hundreds or even thousands of names in that one hour Mm -hmm. so i think you can pick and choose and you know, you can include uh, lots of names, but you don't need to tell every single little bit of information. You right. know, I think I always think about it as if, um, you know, I'm I'm creating some sort of program or or um, show. I guess you could call it. Like mm-hmm. it needs to be consumable for yes. the yes. right for the audience. Otherwise, nobody's gonna bother, and right. that's not the point, right? We need yes. to make it accessible yeah. and
0: yeah. Uh, one of our golden rules um is to know your why it's our second golden rule as to why am I doing this Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what what is the purpose of of this project or organizing these photos or going into a genealogy research project and I think that's great just to have bring that same sort of clarity around what are you doing and you're putting it from the perspective of the end result of sharing it in a in an enjoyable way Um, and touching on different parts of research but yeah so Mm. you mentioned uh, you know coming up against or or, um, sort of discovering some different characters or some different interesting fascinating stories can you share with us some of the craziest or funniest or (laughs) saddest or you know just something fascinating yeah that'd be
2: interesting absolutely absolutely Uh, there are so many that it's Really hard to pick, I, I have to say. Yeah. Um, I've 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 shared uh, in a couple of presentations I've done. I've shared quite a few stories, um, of my ancestors. But, I think my favorite story personally is yeah. one that I wrote about on my blog, which was, my sixth great grandfather who was a, a ships minister in, uh, Sweden, and um, he was on board a ship that actually foundered outside of Cadiz, Spain in
1: 1758.
2: Whoa. And uh, he miraculously sort of survived this whole ordeal. Uh, and eventually eventually, he made it back home to Sweden again. Um, his family had presumed that he was dead, but one day he just sort of showed up. And when uh, uh, he was a little older, older, he wrote a diary about his life oh, and wow. left that behind. Um, and that's something that I found when I was a teenager on my quest for family history <laughs> stories, um, and I have this diary, and it's one of the most fascin- fascinating things I've That's ever read in my amazing. life. Uh, he he was very detailed. He wrote about Spain. He wrote about culture shock. He wrote about the story of survival, about oh, wow. never seeing his kids again, or at least he he thought he was never going to see his kids again. <laughs> he thought, you know, he wrote about when he came back and. What the reception was when he came back, and, and his life and his thoughts. And it was just incredibly detailed. And uh, it just reminded me about how lucky I am to be alive, oh, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that story could have ended very differently, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Any at any uh, one of those points, (laughs) yeah, exactly. This is
1: such a treasure to have. Oh, it
2: is amazing! And I think that's the beautiful thing about family history, right? Is that you realize like how many different decisions people have made over these centuries Mm, that resulted in you, right? And it's just an amazing, amazing miracle Mm. that you're even here, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow! So you gift. become really
2: grateful and humble when you when yeah, you when you understand you, that.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just on a practical level, if you've got something like that, like that that um, that sort of a diary or some precious photos or something like that that you've uncovered, how would you say is the best way that people could go about sharing them with their loved ones to try the, to try to, to either find out more information about it yeah. or just say you have come across a treasure like this and you want to share it with the information that you've got, Um, what some sort of tools or ways that you have used before or that you use with your clients um, that you could give to people listening that might be able to, you know, share that with their loved ones?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so I think there's two parts to that um, answer. And I think the first one is is this a work in progress? In, in other words, am I just collecting information for putting some story together? Yeah. Or am I actually creating an archive here and, and sharing that, right? So if you are just sort of collaborating with people and let's say you have a couple of cousins that you've recently come in touch with, You have stories to share, photos to share. It becomes more of a work in progress because you're just sort of trying to collect and share information back and forth. Mm -hmm. Then something like a project management platform, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, any of the ones that are out there, uh, that can be really great just to sort of get the stories together and get them in one place uh, and make sure everybody has access to everything. Yeah, Um, I've even had luck with Facebook groups. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually found a bunch of, distant cousins, we made a Facebook group and we were sharing stuff with each other there just to sort of make sure that everybody knew the stories and and could put them in their own, you know, archives. Yeah. Um, but I also think that if you're trying to create something that's a little bit more permanent, then, you know, Facebook might not be the great, greatest place for that. Right. So, um, <laughs> you know, you, you'd want to look for some sort of maybe cloud archive, like Smugmug Forever, some service like that, where mm. you can actually create something more permanent and long lasting and um, and share, yeah. share permanently. That's,
1: that's the photos. How about I've come across quite a few family tree programs, and you know, usually they're <laughs> yeah. cloud based. Um, and I found, <laughs> I made the mistake once to try one. And then I I realized you can't actually download or even print the stuff from it so it's really you know in the cloud and you can't it's not yours so how do you go about with that and are there good programs where you can easily export information so that you can actually keep it under control and not just have it somewhere up there
2: (laughs) yeah right so that is the challenge and I think it's not so much the challenge of um, the fact that there's programs out there to do it. I think the challenge is not everybody's going to use the same type of computer, yeah. the same type of, you know, have the same type of tech level. Those are more the challenges that you're going to come across, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But I personally really like Family Tree Maker mm-hmm. because it does sync with Ancestry. And you can upload and download trees and sync the information that you're working on locally, with your ancestry account, mm. and so that's one way that you can connect. You know, many different computers to the same account, for example. Mm. Um, so there are ways to do it. Um, it's not necessarily the easiest thing for everybody to learn how to do. Right. Yeah, so right. that's something that I think you really have to consider: is what's the easiest way to share this?
0: Mm-hmm. Right? right. Depending on
2: who you're you were working with because yes. what you, you want to make it easy for people to do it. Otherwise they're just not going to do it. Right. Yes. So. Yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and I think it's a
0: great way to look at it. Um, either it's sort of in the project, it's in the um, collection stage, which is a very different
2: mindset
0: yeah. It's a gathering information, yeah. which is fabulous. And it's um, there's a lot more freedom and flexibility there just back and forward. You're not feeling like, oh, I've got to capture every single thing that's being said. Right. Um, you know, at the end of sort of, you know, the dialogue back and forward, back and forward, then you gather the key points and put that into whoever really is doing the main um, sort of collection mm. process, yeah. I guess, if, that, if that's what the goal is. Um, and then the decision on what to actually, um, post it to either a smug mug or forever or, you know, and something like that where it's a visual thing or it's produced as a book or something like that. But yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that, that really makes that clear. I think it's, um, I mean, not not being, having done any genealogy myself, I'm quite inspired. Thank you. Mm, totally. <laughs> I'm glad. <Yeah>. Yes.
1: <laughs> I'm going to start that word document because I've got a lot of information about it. I have actually attached it to photos in the descriptions with, you know, the idea to eventually write it out a bit better, but I think it's time to to start that word document and, and collate <laughs> it a bit in a in a different fashion. Um, because you know, in thousands of photos, how are you going to find the information? Because it's not with every photo.
2: Yeah, and I think the the great part about writing things out it's it's helped my um research process tremendously Mm -hmm. writing stuff out it's just Mm -hmm. you look at things differently and you see if it doesn't make sense you see if you've made a mistake more easily Mm
0: -hmm. and you can fill
2: the gaps much more easily Mm -hmm. because you see it in context Mm -hmm. which when you do that data entry and just putting information around out Mm -hmm. there you don't connect it right in Mm -hmm. the same way Mm -hmm. and so i think making something tangible I, don't, I know it's a digital document so maybe that's the wrong word <laughs> but yeah. something like producing something yes. Yes. really yeah. helps make it sort of helps you put the finishing touches on it and connect yeah. it into yeah. one thing yeah.
0: so, so this is a, a bit of a techie question Caroline but just go, jumping back into your Lightroom um, managing of the photos and then mm-hmm. sort of referencing that back in if you have just say a photo of your grandparents Would you use certain – we've talked to our listeners about keywording and a few different things like that with metadata and stuff like that before. But just as a bit of an overview, do you do the key information then um, as a separate keyword, like a metadata tag, say for the date of birth, their full name, um, you know, on every photo at every time, like, you know, their their nickname, if that was – you know, they were known as – as um, Uncle Ted or Teddy or, you know, whatever it is. Like, yeah. how do you then, like, what's your main captured information on each of the photos?
2: Right, uh, and that that's a project that can get pretty big and admittedly, I can get myself into a rabbit hole because I love this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I tend to approach all of this as um, a newspaper reporter. And that really helps me put the objectivity on it and say, mm-hmm. uh, so the headline or the title, you know, what, what would be an appropriate headline for somebody who doesn't know the story? What would be the appropriate thing for me to put here? Uh, same thing with names. What would be the appropriate name for me to put here? If somebody doesn't know this person... Mm-hmm um you know what what do they need to know basically and that's what I tend to put in so I I recently had a project where I was uh, scanning these photos for this client and I kept coming across this nickname and it didn't I didn't realize until the end of the project that it was actually the same person (laughs) they had written the nickname and the full full name and they were you know going back and forth Uh, and because there, you know, it was different photos from different ages. I just never realized that, that it was the same person and it wasn't until I was doing facial recognition and all that, that I put it together at the end of Mm -hmm. the project. Um, and so I think it's, I, I tend to go with, um, maiden names for, for, um, women, because that's usually where the disconnect is a lot of the time historically, but then I put in married names as synonyms, for example so that okay. we can we can have that information as well. And then I, if I write something like uh, uh, Grandma um, Stella, right, then mm-hmm. I write a parenthesis maybe with her full name, mm-hmm. you know, to explain that. Or I have that information somewhere in the family history document that mm-hmm. goes with the collection. So I, I try to explain it the best way I can, right. um, assuming that whoever gets this is not going to know who these people are. Yes, mm-hmm. I hope that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: So you can't yeah. put all that usually in a, in a file name. So do you put that in the, in the caption field or like, you know, I know this yeah. is really technical uh, for our listeners, but right. yeah.
2: <laughs> no, that's okay. So I usually put um, the headline, the caption, the keywords. Um, I have location tags on there all and, right. uh, you know, facial recognition if I can. But I also want to make sure that I have that information Captured somewhere else, like in that family history book or report right, or whatever yeah. it might be, because yeah. I can't guarantee that a hundred years from now somebody's yeah. going to be able to read that metadata right.
1: Yeah, that's mm,
2: correct. Right, yeah, yeah. we don't know how technology is going to evolve. We don't know, you know. BNG's so I'm, I'm trying. They can see. Yep. yep yeah, yep, yep, yep. and mm. depending on who you're dealing with, again, they may or may not know how to use these fields, and mm. so mm. I always feel like it's important to be as thorough as you can within the time that you have available, right? Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Talking uh, of I love... time. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, no, we could talk for ages. We could talk for ages. Can you tell us, Caroline, about um, how, like, so you're obviously an expert in this area. What sort of, do you do some courses or how could people find you or find out more about what you do and what you offer and stuff like that if right. they were interested? Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at organizingphotos.net. And uh, we have a blog uh, with a very large archive right now. I'm proud to say we've been blogging for years. So there's a lot of fun stuff to read if you have nothing to do. (laughs) Um,
1: People, Caroline's blog is really, really something.
0: You have to go
2: there. It
0: is so so worth it. Yeah. um yeah (laughs) thank you um
2: we also have um online courses that we uh offer uh both for professionals and the DIYers, um in both fields actually and we have more coming out in the near future as well one will be interesting it'll be on metadata for genealogists so it'll be fun yeah so i love it there's a lot coming yeah Mm -hmm. and we have a great community with lots of people to uh to chat with yeah yeah so feel free to check that out
0: well and we'll put all the links um and everything in the show notes for people Mm. too so well, Wonderful. thank you so much, Caroline, for being our guest today. It really has been a pleasure. We could have just kept on talking and yeah. talking. <laughs> We're getting in our in our um and our little mind there, Chantelle, about all the detail, and <laughs> but um, we can always have you back. <laughs> we can, absolutely we can. can. Um, but it was really interesting and inspiring, and um, yeah, just just really great to just give us a bit of a window and an insight into this wonderful world of genealogy and photos with genealogy and stories and um thank you thank you so much for for joining us
2: you're welcome thank you for having me yeah so don't forget
0: yeah um so don't forget to check out caroline's website on the show notes and um we'd love to hear from you please leave us a review and as always uh, we welcome your feedback and questions um, or just email us and contact us via social media channels. So I am Fiona from Photo Helper. And I'm Chantelle from Photos in
1: Order. Thanks so much for being here today and happy photo
0: organising. Thank you. Thanks again, Caroline. Thanks. Bye. Bye.